Hi there, KGF Church family. A few notes before we move into our message this morning of this family news. Um, and you'll notice this strange background. Uh, it's quite beautiful. My wife made that. It's awesome. But uh, I'm recording out of my home today because things have changed. Uh, we have, by, because of uh, the provincial authorities uh, bringing in some new regulations this week, our, our church building is closed, so we're recording differently this week. So you get me this way. And so I hope uh, we can enjoy our morning together nonetheless. And thank you to Joel and uh, for leading us in worship this morning. Now, our, our AGM is now open. Annual general meeting. If you're a member, you would have received an email this week. Pay attention to it. We need a quorum. Kids, ask your parents what quorum means. It's a wonderful Latin word. Uh, they'll explain it to you with great joy and delight. Um, the annual general meeting is open virtually until November 26th. They'll participate in it. If you're a member, you will have gotten an email about that. If you haven't, please reach out and you're a member. Reach out to the office because we'll make sure you do. Kelowna Gospel Mission, our ministry partner, is uh, looking for volunteers to help out with lunch shifts and with their shelter that they will be opening in December. Great opportunity to serve uh, and bless the city. Uh, reach out or check out our newsletter, which has some information on that. Um, again, back to this detail of, well, it's a big detail of our uh, building use changing and our rhythm of life uh, changing again as a church family because of the announcement of our provincial authorities this week. Um, our KGF building is no longer available for hubs and life groups at this point. Um, we, are we have to close it. Uh, provincial authorities have, have said no worship or social gatherings to be happening in church buildings right now. So we're complying with that, but this doesn't mean the church is closed. That's just our building. You're the church. We're the people of God. We've got a great foundation of hubs and life groups that have been built up over the last number of months. Let's adapt. This is our mission. This is our call. We may not be able to meet like we were in our homes or in our church building, but we can still stay connected. And so hub leaders, life group leaders, get adaptive. Uh, perhaps it's even time for your group to adopt uh, somebody who's uh, needing social connection or lonely. Uh, you can find out uh, through our church office people in our church family who might need that. And we have had in the past week and a half or two weeks, uh, numerous exposure events to COVID-19 in our church family and have a number of people of all ages who've tested positive for COVID-19. And so uh, let's be prayerful for one another. Let's offer our blessing and support and love and care and compassion to one another. And uh, it's been a confusing time for us as staff and our board as we've tried to manage and respond to all these moving things. And thank you for your graciousness and understanding when we've made mistakes in that. And, uh, but we're, 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 we're working at this together. And here we are, church, again in this moment to adapt as the people of God. KGF, we can do this. We can do this. Uh, God has equipped us uh, and we're ready. Uh, we don't have to change everything because of this announcement that came down this week. We just have to adapt. And so can I invite you into some spirit-led adapting to continue on mission to know Jesus and make him known and to function as co-creative communities where we're awakened and equipped for the calling that God has for us. This is our opportunity. Let's do it well together. Uh, perhaps it's your opportunity to get into a triad. Uh, if you're 
Now your social network has to uh, close up a little bit. Triads are awesome. My triad meets by phone every Wednesday. We've never met in person. We've always done it in this way, and it's been transformational. There's ways to do this, church. You can find out more about triads on our website. Now, as we consider all that and uh, try to come to grips with what this moment means, uh, friends, let me invite you to prepare yourself for the message by paying careful attention to this incredible story you're about to see, Safari Story from Malawi, Africa, uh, put together by our denominational mission agency, Multiply. It's Safari Story. I'm here in Malawi as a refugee because of discrimination, because of war and tribalism. My family was being killed by Hutu people. When the soldiers come in my house and uh, they have found us, we are together in prayer. And for them, they are thinking they have killed all families. But God has protected me because I will lose my parents, I lose everything, I lose my identity. And for me, it was very painful. But God has changed me. When I reached here, I was stay here for a long time, and in uh, 2009, I was meet our brother, Martin, but I was know him for a long time in our country. Because of commandment, people coming in our house, and he was one of that group. They have killed my family and others. Why you are here? He said, I haven't any person here in Zalika. I don't know where I am. I welcome him to my house, and uh, after time, I said, okay, you can leave. I said, to go where? And I said, maybe we can live together this night. Until three years. After three years, I said, guys, can look for you a place. In that three years, I took time to make him disciples of Christ, and he has been changed by God's grace. God to bring us together is God's plan. It's not safari plan, but it's God's plan. And uh, it's like a teaching to show others it's possible to live together. It's possible to be together and work together to bring a kingdom, a kingdom of God. It's not our kingdom. And God's commandment to love our enemy, to pray for them. And we work together in Zalika Refuge Camp to see how we can resolve problem and conflict and uh, we share with them our experience, how we live together and how we work together. And people see we are, we are different, but we are working together in everything. But God has changed me. Did, did you notice that in the great video that we just watched, this amazing story of Safari and Martin, that little line. And Safari, when he said it, said it with such passion, such 
It was so real. But God has changed me. And you know what? He could have also said, of course, that, and God has changed my world because that was evident. It's evident in the way Martin and Safari work together and the way it seems to be impacting a community. Safari is a new creation. He lives the new creation, the fruit of God's good news, whole and encompassing fills this guy's life. And Martin, of course, has been changed. That guy, uh, the taller guy in the video who stands there, he never says a word, but you can tell something has shifted. This is a guy who was a killer, killed Safari's family, and the two are now brothers in Christ. Martin is actually, in many ways, the Paul of the story, the Paul from the New Testament, the missionary Paul, who was a persecutor of others and has been changed. Now, that leads us today to our scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Now, I said a little earlier, I hope somebody has a Bible there with you. We don't have the screens today. There's going to be some, some uh, homemade screens shortly, but we don't have the screens. So, can I encourage you, somebody right now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 10, open your scriptures. Be great if there's a kid among you who could read this. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 10. Okay, now just pause me if you want to, or I'll just uh, actually step aside for a second, and you read this scripture together, the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 10. Go. Perhaps you've heard that one verse in another context, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Have you heard that before? Have you said it before? I'm afraid to say that oftentimes it's taken out of context. It's taken in the sense of kind of like, well, you kind of got to put up with me because by God's grace, I am what I am. I just am what I am. It sounds dismissive, almost excusive. Like you're making an excuse. Well, I couldn't help it, but by God's grace, I am what I am. That's completely different than what Paul is talking about here. As we move through this series on the good news, we come to this moment today where we say, what is God's plan? What is God's plan to address the problem of sin in the world that shows up last week, as we talked about, in ways that affect us? There's entrapments. We're enslaved in many ways to the power of sin that shows up in our lives and how we think toward others, our violence toward other people, how we speak to them, what we'll say, what we'll think of people who are different from us. Sometimes these days it's even what we think of people who think of masks differently than we do or their perspective on a pandemic. And we start to treat one another in ways that are not holy. It's not shalom. It's sin. 
Perhaps in our lives it shows up in the form of sexual adventure, some type of sexual immorality, or uh, living into a way of our sexual uh, createdness that God has made us in, and we it's warped and twisted and immoral and broken. Perhaps in our lives it shows up in occult practice where we've tried to find the answers to things, the answers to the spiritual mysteries of things, but without Jesus. We've tried to figure it our own way where we think we're still in control, or perhaps it's shown up in areas of rampant materialism where we find all our identity in stuff and and in the things of this world and we're chasing uh, identity and status and that materialism that grabs our hearts which is so common today when our phone works perfectly fine but the new one comes out and we can't wait to get that thing you know what that's a little bit of being enslaved to rampant materialism and it is sin now it's not wrong to have a new phone but to be trapped by that and to be powerless against it and to succumb to it is not God's shalom. It's not God's best for us. So the gospel, the good news of God, is always on a trajectory to lead us somewhere. We saw this in the beginning of Genesis. There's a shalom createdness, everything whole and complete and beautifully working together. That was God's intention and plan in creation. That got wrecked by sin. That showed up. But eventually, God called Abraham and Sarah to come and follow him and to be a blessing to the nations. And that came as they, rep as they decided to follow after God and walk in faith. And faith is the key. And the rest of the scriptures are moving us toward actually this moment that you just all read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul, who was a persecutor of Christians, can say, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, what is he actually talking about? Kids, I really hope that you have some paper this morning, wherever you are, because uh, here's your little task. Are you ready? Get that paper out. I've I've prepared mine for you, and I know you can do a, uh, a ton better than I can because I'm not a very good artist, as you've all figured out by now. But I tried. Okay, so I want you to draw one of these. Can you see that okay? What is it? Mm, no, it's not a horse. What, what do you mean? It's not a horse. No, no. No, that is not my mother. Yes, thank you. Thank you to the little one in the corner there. It is a butterfly. See if you can draw that because God has given us a clue in creation of where everything he's driving toward, about everything that he's driving toward, which is to bring transformation. And a butterfly, of course, never starts out as a butterfly, does it? No, it starts out as one of those wiggly worms. Yeah, they're kind of gross, but kind of cool. And eventually they go into a cocoon and they come out looking much better than this and they can actually fly. But this is, this is my version. So I'm just going to, I'm going to park it here behind me so that you have something to uh, go on and something to be, to, to draw much better. Okay. So kids focus on that. But by the grace of God, says Paul, I am what I am. Now, what has he been saying at the beginning of this, uh, these verses that you read? Well, he said very clearly that the gospel that he preached, which was received by the Corinthians, in which they stand, this good news is their hope upon which they're standing, 
It's the way they're being saved by the way they're being brought into a new reality of living. And they have to hold fast to this. They have to hold on because what we're talking about, this good news, you see, we have to keep coming back to it. When Jesus said, repent, the, believe the good news, it's an invitation to ongoingly, continually, today again, agree in my mind that God is right and I need to come and join what he's doing in the world. And what has God done most definitively in the world that is the fulfillment of all that he was working history toward to bring back his shalom, to bring back his wholeness and completeness to your life and mine, to my community, to where you live, even in the midst of a pandemic. What is God's way? That's what Paul's talking about. I deliver to you as of first importance, the most important thing, what he received, this has been passed on to him, that Christ died for our sins. Jesus died for our sins. That weight, that cancer, that sinful power that controls and enslaves you, we are we are powerless to break free of it. And God's purpose is transformation, not just better sin management, not just giving us a two-minute penalty so we can jump back on the ice and do the same thing. No, he's about transformation. He's about turning us into something entirely different. And in order to do that, the heavy weight of sin needed to be paid. And in Christ, uh, God took the weight of sin, the power of sin, which is death. He took it upon himself for you and for me. And that's what Paul's saying. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. God's scriptures unpacked that this was going to happen. That he was buried Jesus went into a tomb like it was over. It was done. It seemed there was no hope. There was a finality to what took place on the cross. And that he appeared and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. In other words, God's plan and his scriptures revealed that this was going to happen. So in keeping with the promises of scripture, Jesus rose from the dead and then the passage you read, it outlines all these people in the first century who saw the living Jesus. And there's up to 500 people that Paul says are named. And then he says, but at least and last of all, to me, to one who didn't seem to get born in time to see him when he was uh, on earth with his disciples, to one who, was, who came along a bit later, who was a persecutor of Christians, who was the Martin in the story, I the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle. I'm so aware of how broken and messy I am, says Paul. I am aware I don't deserve this high standing. But listen, because I persecuted the church, I'm not worthy. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Now, what is he saying when he's saying, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He's talking about a changed, new, transformed reality. By God's grace, by the power of this good news, Paul is now who he is. He's not excusing his flaws, his habits, just telling you to tolerate him because, yeah, he is what he is. That's how God made him. No! 
by the grace of God, by the power of the good news, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and it was done, and that he was raised from the dead according to the scriptures to keep the promises God had made from the very beginning that he would right what was broken and wrong and he would begin to build a family of people who would be about his shalom work in the world. But the only way this is possible, you see, the only way this is possible is if true good news comes to you and to me, the transformation of who we are. Because, as Rosario Butterfield writes, sin is treason, it's not sinus trouble. Okay? Sin is treason. Sin is dark and weighty. It has a power to control us. And until we are set free from that which we are unable to free ourselves from, we will not be about God's shalom. And we will slip back into forcing other people to say, eh, it's, I am what I am. The good news comes along and says, by the grace of God, by this good news, I am now what I am. And for Paul, it meant an apostle, someone surrendered to the ambassadorship of Jesus in the world, living, loving, embracing the values and the quality of the kingdom of God in the world. This is who he is now. No longer a persecutor, no longer a Martin, but a safari and a Martin standing together, bringing the kingdom even to a refugee camp. What a powerful testimony. Friends, this is the invitation on your life and mine. Do you know what's really interesting? You could do a quick study of this if you'd want to. In the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church, there's about, about 17 or 18 times when the good news is proclaimed, when the gospel is preached, say. And it's never actually happens so much in a way like this or like we experience in a church community where a guy like me stands at the front and preaches. No, when there's an opportunity for a proclamation of the good news, it's fascinating what the early Christians did. They simply basically shared two things. Jesus Christ is Lord and the kingdom of God has come near. Now it's almost exactly what Jesus said at the beginning of Mark. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. That's how Jesus began his ministry in Mark chapter 1. In Acts, that's the message of the gospel. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's exactly what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 15. He has been uh, crucified for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he has risen from the dead. Over and over and over again, that is the witness of the good news in the first century world. That Jesus Christ is Lord. And the kingdom of God has come near. So come on into this new reality and be transformed. Do you see, friends? This is the message. In this time in which we're living, where there's such hopelessness, where we wonder if a vaccine will come about, and when, and who will get it, and what political powers or financial powers will determine who gets what and when, when now we're in even greater lockdown and a second wave is upon us, when people are living with hopelessness and despair and getting angry and getting frustrated. In these times, this is the good news. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. The weight of sin has been paid for. 
The price of sin has been eradicated. Death has been overcome. And he has risen from the dead. And a kingdom has come into this world. A kingdom that is not of this world. It's the kingdom that Jesus taught his disciples to pray for. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your shalom. Your wholeness. Your plans and intentions. Let them come on earth as it is in heaven. This kingdom has come in Jesus Christ. So be transformed. Now, how does that happen in our lives? We repent. It's not a common or a really kind of sexy word these days. Friend, it's what we need to do. We need to repent. We need to repent. We say, wow, we've been going the wrong way. We've been heading east of Eden. <laughs> Look at the violence and Look at the sexual adventure and look at the ways of discovering the mysteries of the world without Jesus and look at the materialism that weighs us down and causes injustices. Look at all this. Is there any solution? I repent and I believe this good news because I need to be transformed. And so do you see, my friends, God's plan is to bring about his shalom work through a people who have come to the place of repentance because they have heard this good news that Jesus Christ was crucified for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he's risen from the dead. And Christians through the ages have shared this message with people and it's come down to you and it's come down to me and if you're looking for transformation which is God's plan it is God's plan it is God's plan to set you free from the enslaving powers of sin make you part of his family so that you can be a part of his shalom work in the world the restoration of all things under the lordship of Jesus Christ who is Lord and friends this is the time this is God's purpose transformation. It's what he intends for you. It's what he intends for me. It's what he intends for us as a people. And in a time like this, let us be people of this good news, this hope, this absolute deep prayer. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So do you understand where we're going, people? Do you understand what this is all about? The invitation is to repent and to walk in new life in line with this new creation reality that Jesus has won for us, that he was the first one to enter into and the first one to reveal. And the result is a good news people under a very good king who is restoring all things. Are you ready to join? Are you ready to be transformed? This is the good news. This is what we're asked to take up our cross and follow. Because at the center of the good news is God's plan in the cross of Jesus. And Jesus said, if any of you would, anyone would come after me, they must take up their cross and follow me. It is the way to transformation. Is it what your soul is hungering for, longing for, crying out for? Perhaps it's time today. Now, we always end with a question for you to discuss. And even though things are a little different here uh, this week because of a whole host of things that are going on, 
we still have this great question and, uh, and the technology to present it to you. So here's the discussion question for your group. I'm going to show it to you, uh, let you know it, and then we're going to pause and pray together. I'm going to leave some silence for you in your, your household, the, whoever you're with right now, just to pray together. And then I'll send you to discuss this question. So here's the question we're going to get to. Where am I longing to see God's new, God's good news bring transformation? Where am I longing to see God's good news bring transformation? Are you longing for it? Where are you longing for it? Let's pray. Lord, I need transformation. I need my anger transformed into kindness. I need my chasing after things to be transformed into generosity and finding satisfaction in what you've provided and contentment. I need my desire for pleasure to be brought in line with your purposes and your goodness and your peace. I need faithfulness, Lord. I need my mind transformed because it thinks so many different things. It races after worry. It races after lust. It races after thoughts of judging others. I need your Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead me into truth. God, would you transform me? Would you transform us? This is your good news, and we're enormously grateful that in Jesus Christ and in his cross, we've been brought into a whole new reality, a whole new kingdom. Let us be people of this good news who testify and witness to Jesus as Lord, the king of a new kingdom that we have chosen to step into and believe with the faith of Abraham looking forward to that day when you restore all things. And so, Lord, use our hands, our hearts, use our money, use our talents, use our relationships, use everything to bring about your purposes until that day, Lord Jesus, when you come again. Amen. Well, my butterfly fell. So, kids... Uh, Tell the story of your butterfly to your to your family or your household. And then again, here's the question. Where am I longing to see God's good news bring new bring transformation? Where am I longing to see God's good news bring transformation? May the Lord bless you and keep you this week, KGF. Let's walk with hope and let's be transformed by the renewing of our mind by the hope of the cross, the hope of the empty tomb, and the promise that Jesus will come again.